Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, welcome to MVF. We're thrilled that you're here today. Uh, as you can tell, we're starting our service off completely different today, and hopefully this will make more sense as we ju- uh, jump into this. But uh, we've been in this series entitled Live the Life, and we always feel like a series like this is great to start a year off with because what it does, it, it challenges us to start with these spiritual disciplines in our lives. Uh, and I, I promise you this, uh, Pastor Mike was up here. He talked about these first two, these last two weeks, you know, getting into word, uh, the Word of God. He challenged you to spend 20 minutes a day in the Word of God. And then last week, he was talking about prayer and how important that is as we grow in our, our faith in Jesus Christ. And so today, um, I have the middle one, which is a difficult one. Uh, it's this idea of serving. It's one that we don't like to talk about uh, very often. So here's what I want to do. I want to start off a little bit differently today because we're talking about service, and I know that we need this motivation to be able to step in to what God's calling us to do. And I know that the only motivation, the correct motivation, is really the Holy Spirit. And so I want us to spend the next 30 seconds or so just kind of uh, in, in silent prayer. And here's what I, I would just ask you to do. Just spend some time in prayer asking God just to come in, to open your heart and mind to what he would teach you today, and then I'll close this out in prayer. Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity that we have like this to gather, uh, to worship your name, to declare who you are, to open your word, and to learn and grow in you. And Lord, as we talk about this idea of serving today, I just pray that you would Open up our hearts and minds. Would you meet us where we're at? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Give us direction and uh, open our eyes to things maybe that we haven't seen before, Lord. And, and I pray that in all these things that you continue to mold and shape us into people that look more and more like you. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people agreed and said, amen. Amen. As I said before, we are talking about this idea of serving and uh, it, it's a difficult subject, and I, I think one of the reasons why it's difficult is because so often in churches, we sell it a certain way, and maybe it's some of our fault, too, for uh, packaging it in a way that made you think of it in, in a particular way. Uh, because many times, if you've been around Mountain View Fellowship, when we talk about serving, many times we'll have a message on it, the lobby will be full of tables or booths, and we'll have cards laid out there with opportunities where you can get plugged in to serve, and, and so you come into a message like this, and, and then all of a sudden you feel a little guilty, you know, I, I really should be serving more, and, and so you go out in the lobby, and you look at the tables, and you pick up a card, and you're like, oh, this one might, might you know, fit for me, I might be able to, to do this one, and you take it home, and then pretty soon you throw it in your trash because you're like, no, I don't want to deal with that right now. And, and we just find ourselves in this place where we're just struggling in understanding what it means to actually serve in a very biblical way. So today, we're not doing any of that. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm not going to put a guilt trip on you or anything. But here's what I want to do. I'm praying and hoping that maybe, just maybe, that our thinking shifts a little bit today, and we start looking at serving completely differently, because I think that we've got the wrong idea about service. See, I think when we think about service, um, I think we think of it like this. You guys seen these before? 
These are crazy to me. Like, like it's supposed to be uh, 95% pure oxygen and uh, loaded in a thing, and, and it doesn't even feel like there's anything in it. Like, there's nothing there, right? Why? Because it's air. It's just air. There's nothing in it. And yet, uh, as Coloradans, we know what these things are because we see them all over the mountains. We see them in the ski resort. They actually have like oxygen bars, right, for the people from lower lands that come up here and they're skiing and they're like, oh, I can't, you know, their line is always, where do you keep the air? And then uh, you send them into the oxygen bar and they go in and they get this shot at this thing, you know, and they're breathing this oxygen in and it makes them feel better. It gives them a shot in the arm, you know, like, okay, I'm good to go again, right? And, 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 I don't know, man. There's something wrong about this idea because air is all around us, right? And yet somehow we think that this is going to change everything. And yet I think when it comes to serving, we do the exact same thing. We look at service as maybe a shot from an oxygen bottle. Like, like we think of service like there's this one particular spot. There's this one thing that I get to do that I, get to, I got to figure it out where my desires and my strengths and all my spiritual gifts, everything's used, and it's a magical moment when I plug into that thing, and all of a sudden I have an impact in the kingdom, and there's, there's a light from heaven, and you can hear the angels sing, right? And there's fulfillment and all of that. And here's the problem with some of our view of serving, is we approach it from a very, very self standpoint. It's this idea that it's all about me when we serve, I don't want us to think of it like this anymore. Here's what I want you to do. Would you do this with me? Would you just take a deep breath and let it out with me? Just go. Again. That's serving. It's all around us, everywhere. We get the opportunity to serve every moment of every day, every interaction, we have an opportunity to serve. I want you to think about serving as breathing because serving is a lifestyle. It's not just one shot, but it's a lifestyle that we live out of, of a devoted, a devotion to Jesus Christ because of what he's done for us. See, God gives us the breath to breathe, and he expects us to breathe it out in service to him, in praise, and in serving, to bring honor to him, and to bless the people around us. Now, for those of you that are believers, you'll, you'll understand this aspect, but I want you to know that what I'm talking about today is not about justification. It's not about being made right with God and you got to keep serving so that you stay in his good graces. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is sanctification, this idea of growing and becoming more and more like Jesus every day. And a lot of that comes through service. Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then as we receive Christ and we call ourselves disciples of Jesus, that's the same call on our lives. To be poured out for the world around us, for the name and for the sake and the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. See, you're serving flows out of not a duty, but out of a heart of gratitude. Not, not to stay in God's favor or earn his, his favor, but just because we are his, we serve. We're already in his good graces. You already have his favor. It's the way that we just live it out in our everyday life. Now, why is this so important here at MVF? Because everything is built around this. Because this is the life that we're called to live. Our mandate here at Mountain View Fellowship is pointing people to Jesus by what? Fostering relationships. Do you realize that in that idea of fostering a relationship that there's service involved? 
You serve the people around you. That's how you foster a relationship. Uh, because if you did it any other way, right? If you just had them serving you and you didn't serve them at all, that's not a relationship. That's jacked up. That's more narcissism is what that is, or unrequited relationship. That's, that's not being reciprocated. It's, it's got to it's have this serve element in it. You serve them, they serve you, and you develop a relationship in that. Our, our mandate here is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships, and the way that we do that, the way we say it is our motive, which is you over me. It's not about me. It's about putting other people first, because that's what Jesus did. Psalm 100 says it this way, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy. Some of your other translations like the ESV actually say serve the Lord with gladness. Do you realize that in those translations what they're doing is they're equating service and worship as the same thing? Like when you serve, you're worshiping God in the way that you serve, they're the same thing. That's what those translations would say. And so I want us to understand that this idea of service today is not this one-shot thing that's done for one hour on a Sunday morning, but it's done every moment of every day, just like breathing. It's what we do because we are disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, in what areas do we serve? Uh, We decided that today we're going to teach this in a way that I think is going to make a lot of sense to you because you're probably familiar with this. And I wanna share with you three serving spheres in your life, just three areas where we want you to serve. You might catch on to these pretty quickly if you've been around here for a while, all right? So the first sphere that I want you to serve in, and this is important, this is why we put it first, is the up sphere. Are you, are you starting to catch it? See, this idea of up means that we are serving God, we are serving Christ, we, we are I'm dedicated to him, and we bring honor and glory to him first. So we want to be serving in that area right off the bat. That's the first one, because that's what fuels everything else when we serve God. We live a a life of service to him. Deuteronomy chapter 10 says it this way. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him. Catch this. And love him and what? Serve him with all your heart and soul. This whole series is about spiritual disciplines, getting into the word of God, spending time in prayer, and today serving. And what's interesting about that is is so often we think it's just a discipline. I just got to buckle down. I just got to do this, right? And and the problem with that is I think that, that derails the whole thing when we think of it only as a discipline. And the reason I say that is because we're told here to love and serve him with all of our heart and soul. Do you know what that means? It means it's not just discipline, but it's discipline and devotion. It's both together. And I don't want us to miss this today because this is so critical for serving in a way that honors God and blesses the people around us. What's the difference between devotion and discipline? Do you know? See, devotion is an overriding commitment to Christ and his way of doing things. It engages the heart and mind in learning the ways of the Lord and not only learning them, but applying them to our lives. Devotion must be the driving force behind our faith. Otherwise, we're not gonna be able to persevere in the mission that God has given us. But when we have devotion, that drives us through even difficult times. Your devotion to God actually dictates how you serve. It's your devotion that dictates how you prioritize and live your life, live the life, right? So devotion is important. 
But we also need discipline because discipline, on the other hand, is the ability to stay focused on the task at hand. It finishes the assignment that has been given. It, it accomplishes the course. It, it completes the race. A disciplined person trains to improve their strength and their self-control. They're very religious about carrying out routines, about fulfilling checklists, about getting things done, which you got to get done, right? That's where discipline steps in. Discipline is designed to grow our faith in regular readings in the Word and in time and prayer and engaging in worship and thanksgiving and confession and repentance and all these things. Discipline is what helps us accomplish those things. And Pastor Mike talked about those the last two weeks. 20 minutes a day in the Word of God, spending time in prayer. That requires discipline on our part. But I want to make sure that your discipline is driven by your devotion. It should flow out of a devoted heart to Christ, not out of duty. Otherwise, we turn into judgmental people. We, we become insensitive to the people around us. But when it's driven by devotion, it changes everything. Devotion to Christ first keeps our hearts full of grace and truth. Discipline, for you farmers in the room, uh, discipline without devotion is kind of like when you've planted all your crops and you're standing out there in the field and you see, see these bellowing clouds coming in and you're like, yeah, we're going to get it now, and nothing happens. That's what it's like to live this life of faith just with discipline and no devotion. But when you have devotion and discipline, it's like standing out in your crops and here comes the clouds and then you stand out in the middle of the crops and you can feel the downpour and you can smell the crop. It changes everything. I don't want you to substitute your warm devotion for just cold discipline. You have to have both. Your discipline should flow out of a, out of a devotion to Jesus Christ. Romans says it this way, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Uh, some of your translations will say, devote yourself one to another in great affection. See, I want you to direct your passionate devotion, devotion on one thing, serving God. I'm devoted, and so because of that, I'm gonna serve God because he is God. He is the great I am. He's the one that loved me so much and he sent his son to die for me. He's the one that paid for the forgiveness of my sins. He's the one that provided a way for me to have life to the fullest, and not just life to the fullest now, but have eternal life. And because of that devotion, I wanna serve him in that. See, your devotion to Christ determines your discipline over the long term. If you don't have devotion, I think your, your discipline is not going to last very long, or you're going to get bitter about it, and you're going to give it up. See, I want you to keep your motivation. If you keep that devotion to Christ, then discipline will follow in that. A heart devoted to the Lord always stays true to him. It never goes astray. And it's out of that devotion that our discipline follows. Uh, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. He said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I like this because Jesus is actually picking a contrast between two, serving God and serving money. And I, I think I got to ask the question, how do you serve money? Because I think if we can answer that, that'll help us answer the question, how do we serve God? How do you serve money? Because serving money doesn't mean doing things to meet money's need, right? Money doesn't need anything. 
And actually, when we talk about serving money, what we mean is calculating all of your plans and all of your efforts to benefit what money promises you. You calculate your whole life uh, around the benefits of what pro- uh, the promises that money is going to bring into your life. That's what it means to serve money. Your life revolves around trying to put yourself in a position to receive the greatest benefit from money. That's how you serve money. So opposite side of that coin, how do you serve God? What that means is that you actually serve God by calculating all of your plans and all of your efforts to benefit from all of God's promises. Everything that he's promised you in scripture, when you serve him, you're putting yourself in a position to benefit from all of that. That's what it means to serve God. God enlists each and every one of us into his service, which means he calls us to play a part in accomplishing his purposes and his his mission, not meeting his needs, like God has needs, or like we could ever meet his needs. That's not what it's about. It's serving. He doesn't need you to serve so that his needs are met. He wants you to serve so that we can accomplish his mission together. And in that, we receive the benefit of that. He accomplishes his purposes precisely by supplying the grace to you and me to be able to do the work that he has for us. Because here's the, here's the bottom line. In this scenario, the giver gets the honor, and the servant receives the joy. See, that's God's purpose for his whole world, is that he would receive the glory and that his people would receive joy from serving him. I like how simplistically Joshua put it in Joshua chapter 24. He said, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, I love this line in the sand, we will serve the Lord. Choose for yourself today who you're going to serve. And I think this is one of the most important questions for Christians, and it asks, all the, it asks about this Christian lifestyle that we are called to live. It gives us a way of deciding who are we going to glorify who do we serve? Do we serve ourselves? Do we serve somebody else? Do we serve God? See, it gets to the critical issue of the right way of serving God that honors him and blesses the people around us. Because I think so often when we serve, it doesn't bless God. It doesn't bring him honor, and it definitely doesn't help the people around us. When we serve so often, it's about us. It's about how I feel, what it does for me. That's not service. That's a shot of oxygen out of a, out of a can. What we need is God's breath and to be able to breathe it out in service so that it honors him and it blesses the people around us. This is not a marginal issue. This idea of service, this is a core issue. We're talking about what it means to be a Christian every moment of every day as we live this out in real life. This is what we're called to do. And for many of us, we have to say that we've missed it completely. Like, we don't serve this way. We don't just offer ourselves up to God and go, God, what are we doing today? How can I partner with you in the work that you're already doing? How can I, how can I glorify you, and how can I bless the people around me? Most of us don't serve that way, and it's time that we get a shift in our thinking, and we make sure that we approach it correctly from here on out. Because I think one of the biblical ways of speaking rightly about our relationship with Jesus Christ is to call ourselves servants and slaves. That's really the heart posture that we need. And if you read through the New Testament, you'll find out that Peter and Paul understood this perfectly because in many of their letters, they would actually greet them. They would say, I, Paul, a bondservant 
of Jesus Christ, or I, Peter, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. They understood that. So that's the heart posture that we want. Lord, it's not about my will, but it's about yours. What do you want me to do for you today to glorify you and to bless the people around me? But it's interesting, Jesus had a different approach to it. He's like, look, I'm not calling you to a life, um, a life of servitude. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Jesus approached it differently. He said this in John chapter 15. But you are my what? Friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. See, when we serve God, when we do his will, we're not slaves. We're friends with Jesus Christ. And better than that, we're brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We are co-laborers in the work that God has for us. Is your heart devoted to serving the Lord? Does, does my discipline to serve flow out, out of a devotion to Jesus Christ? Because if it doesn't, I'm doing it wrong. And it's not going to last. So these spheres that we're talking about this morning, first one is up, the second one is in. So we serve God, but then we also want to serve in the sphere of in. What is in? It's, it's all the believers, right? It's the kingdom. It's, it's the church. It's, it's brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's our, the family of God. And for some of us, we're blessed because we can say, look, my immediate family is also full of believers, and so not only is it my spiritual family, but it's my physical family as well. And if that's you, you're very blessed because you get to serve them in this, this manner as well. And I know when, many times when we talk about this in sphere of serving within the church and within the kingdom, so many people will come up and they'll say, look, I, I just don't know where I can serve. I mean, this is what I do for a living and this is how God has gifted me, but I have no idea how that plugs into the church. Can I just say it this way? Whatever you do well, you can do for the church. You can do for, for the people around you. Whatever you do well, you can figure that out. How are you serving the kingdom? How are you serving within the body of Christ? And keep in mind, it doesn't have to be on a Sunday. And it doesn't even have to be at MVF. That's the great news, right? Like, where are you called to serve in the kingdom, to advance the kingdom of God, to declare who he is, to bring others into the kingdom? Where do you serve? See, we have people in this church who are serving outside of the walls. Like, they serve at a nonprofit somewhere. Uh, we have people that are, that are serving on a mission board. We have others who run finances for a missionary overseas so that they can focus on winning souls and they don't have to worry about the finances. They take care of that for them. There's so many different ways of serving within the kingdom in this end sphere, and we get so hung up on thinking that it's just serving donuts. Well, that's good because we all want donuts, right? But it's bigger than that. And there's so many areas of being able to plug in and serve. Where are you serving in the kingdom? And this is not, like I said, not just the family, but it might even be your own family. You know what I learned years ago? Um, when I was in eighth grade, I started dating this girl by the name of Angie. It's ironic because that would end up being my wife years later, right? We were, we were junior high, high school sweethearts all the way through and then got married. But um, in eighth grade, um, we started hanging out. We started you know, we had classes together, and then we would meet for lunch. We'd eat lunch together. And as an eighth grade boy, uh, I can tell you that I ate everything that wasn't fast enough. Like, if it was slow and I could catch it, I was probably going to eat it, okay? And, and we would go to lunch, and I would devour everything. You're going to eat that? I'll eat that, right? And so I was eating everything. And I'm sitting across the table from, from my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, because we were dating, if, 
if that's what you call it in eighth grade. I don't know. I didn't have a car. I don't know how we dated, but we said we dated. And, and so we're sitting across the table, and it took me a while, and I realized, you know, every day at lunchtime, I'm devouring everything, and she's not eating anything. Now, I didn't know back in eighth grade that's normal. Like, girls, you're like, oh, I don't really want to eat, and then you go home and scarf everything. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so I was worried about her. And so um, I decided one day, as I was fixing my sandwiches, that I would make an extra one for her. And I took it to school, and I, I, we sit down at lunch, and I gave her the sandwich. And in that moment, she was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you thought of an eight-year-old, or an eighth-grade boy thought of you know, somebody else other than himself, right? I know it's a miracle. But it was, like, amazing, right? And, and we forever referred to that as the ham sandwich incident, right? Because that was a moment I realized, you know, doing something for somebody else, actually, it's, it's a nice thing to do. And she remembered that. Fast forward several years, we get married, we're early in our marriage, and uh, we're doing what every young couple does. We're fighting, and we're not talking to each other. We're upset, and we'd gone two, three days without even saying a word to each other because we were angry with each other. And you know how this is, right? It's just stupid when you're new, newly married and you do this stuff. But, but in that moment, we are just angry with each other. We, I think we'd even forgotten what we were angry about, but we were still angry. And I got up to go to work one morning, and I walked into the bathroom, and I pulled the drawer open, got the, the toothpaste out, and I put toothpaste on my toothbrush, and I looked over, and there was her toothbrush. And I thought, you know what? It'd be nice just to put some toothpaste on her toothbrush for her so she didn't have to deal with that. So I did it. I put it back together, stuck it in the drawer, and closed it. Well, when I got home, she was waiting for me. And she was like, that was just as good as a ham sandwich. Because I thought of her, Right? And you know what I realized in that moment is we went several days without talking to each other because I served her, it broke the ice. It changed, something changed, and we were able to talk and go, you know what, I don't like, I hate these last three days. I don't like it when we fight. I like it better when we're getting along. Let's do that instead, right? And we could apologize to each other. And, and what I learned is service is this amazing opportunity for us to get past some of the differences and the struggles that we have, to, to put things back together, and I think it works the same way within the church, within our end sphere, right? When we serve each other, sometimes it breaks down the barriers that we need. Because let's be honest, we're jacked up people, right on? And I'm going to wrong you and you're going to wrong me. We're going to say things we didn't mean. We're going to get upset with each other. And we're just going to get cross with you. That's what happens in relationship. But yet when we're serving each other, what it says is, hey, I still love you. And, and whatever we're struggling with right now, we can work through this. It's okay. We'll get through this. And it breaks down barriers. Because let me tell you, it is hard to be angry with somebody when they're washing your feet. And we need to serve one another. And, and man, it starts to smooth over a lot of problems that we have when we serve one another. So I want you to, to serve in your up sphere. I want you to up, uh, serve in your in sphere. Do you want to guess what the third one is? Oh, you guys are good, man. You guys are good. It's your out. What is out? It's, it's the people outside of the faith, those who don't know Christ. It's, it's our communities. It's our neighborhoods. And you know, it's even our workplaces. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 3. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for who? The Lord rather than for people. Serve in a way that honors God. And it doesn't matter who it is. It, it could be that boss that you're really struggling with. It could be that coworker that you'd rather choke out than talk to, Right? And, and serve them and love on them in that way. Because here's the deal. When we do that, I think in that moment, we best, we best resemble Christ to the world around us. Because we're sacrificially given of ourselves to other people. 
And they get to see a glimpse of who Jesus is by the way that we serve, especially if we're struggling in our relationships. We can serve one another, and it's a reflection of Christ. And sometimes that opens doors that we couldn't open any other way. So today, how are you doing in serving in your up sphere, in your in and in your out? How are you doing? Are you breathing? Are you serving? Are you just taking that in and going, God, what do you want me to do next? How can I honor you and how can I bless the people around me? Is that the way you're serving today? Because I want that to be the norm here at Mountain View Fellowship because here is what I promise you. As I was preparing for this message, I kept dreaming of a church that served that way. And I thought, man, if, if you had, you know, we're 650 people, could you imagine what would happen to our communities and our schools and our workplaces if we were all serving this way? And in that pointing to Christ, could you imagine what the Holy Spirit could do with that in his hands? Man, I want us to get this today. If we start serving this way, I believe that God has some big things for us in 2024. Um, so with that being said, let me just give you a, a couple little pointers, okay? This is what I've learned just in serving. First one is I want you to be ready. Because so often we go, okay, today from 2 to, to you know, 2.30, I'm going to serve. I don't want you doing that. Remember? It's breathing. So here's what I want you to do. Every day, get up and know that you're going to be serving all day long. God, I dedicate this to you, not to people, but I dedicate this to you and whatever it is that you want to do. And here's the other, the other thing I want you to do. I want you to spend time praying that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead you in that. Because here's what I've learned. A lot of our service is spontaneous. We didn't plan it. We didn't schedule it. A situation came up and we found ourselves diving in and serving the Lord, even though it feels like we're serving others, we're serving the Lord, and in that, we're a reflection of Christ. I want you to pay attention. Uh, we call it sometimes a divine intervention, you know, or divine intersection. It's, it's this idea, I didn't know this was going to happen today, but now it's happening, and we just dive into it. I want you to, to anticipate that. I want you to expect that every day, that the Holy Spirit wants to use you to do something incredible, to serve in a way that's going to reflect Jesus Christ. And if you go into your days that way, I promise you, he's going to open some doors for you to be able to serve in that way. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. Romans 7 tells us this, but now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and no longer are captive to its power. But now, I love this, we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. We get to serve God, not, not by law, but we just get to serve this, the Holy Spirit. Okay, lead and guide me. We get to serve by living in the Spirit. And we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, but the idea of just being in tune with the Holy Spirit. God, what are we doing today? Where are we going to go? And allowing him to guide and lead you in conversation and the way that you love on people and what you do with your hands and how you serve people. We need to be serving in partnership with the Holy Spirit because I promise you this, the Holy Spirit is working and moving. Are you with me? Are you sensing that? Like God is on the move. He's doing some amazing things. We just want to partner with him in the work that he is already doing. Also, another thing that I would give you as we talk about this idea of serving is I want you to know there are great benefits to serving. One of them I just want to point out, we don't have time to get into all of them, but here's one of them that I've learned and I've taught this quite a bit lately 
um, especially in some of our addiction classes. But I want to share with you that I believe that when you serve, it helps you to overcome sin. Look at Galatians chapter 5. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, what? Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Have you ever thought about it that way? See, in our addiction classes and stuff, we tell people, look, if you're going in a certain direction, you're pursuing sin, you're pursuing an addiction, you can't just stop. It doesn't work that way. You need to fill it with something else. And then the way I, I explain it is I say, you need to turn and you need to pursue the things of God. Well, what are the things of God? Do you know one of them is serving? Serve one another in love. Don't satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, it says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Have you ever thought about it, that overcoming sin by serving another person in love is actually a possibility? See, I found that when I'm serving in all three spheres every day, if I'm just engaged in serving, like my life is not mine, it's God's and whatever he wants to do, and I'm just pursuing that, I'm not pursuing my own desires, I'm pursuing his, then sin begins to fade away. Those areas, those tripwires that I struggle with, those start to, they start to disappear. I start to replace my addiction, the things I was pursuing. I thought I was going to get out of my addiction by serving God, because when I serve God, he gets the glory and he gives me joy in that service. The thing that I actually was pursuing in my addiction and my sin, I received from God because I was bringing honor to him, and I received that joy. That's how that works. How are you doing and serving in all three of these spheres? Serving God, serving the kingdom, the people, the brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you doing at serving your community? Um, years ago, my wife and I, we were blessed to go on a family cruise, and our boys were really small at the time. Uh, they were, you know, preteens. And we went uh, on this cruise, and one of the stops was in Jamaica. And we got off the ship there, and we decided we were going to do this excursion walking up this river. And there's this big rushing river, super cold water. It's amazing, beautiful. And, and so I've got my two sons with me and they put you in a group of people and you have to hang, hand, uh, hang onto hands and they put you in a line and you walk slowly up this river. You just kind of make your way all the way up this river. And it's a beautiful place. And as we're going up there, you hang onto each other's hands because uh, if somebody slips and falls, everyone else has a hold of them. And it's the way that you can make it up the river. And one of the cool things was this river was a pretty big river, but there was other rivers that were pouring into this river. And so they would actually, the, the guide would take you up and he would kind of go over underneath the waterfall. And you didn't have a choice because you were locked hands. You had to go underneath the waterfall. And I remember it was just this glorious feeling of just walking under that water and this cool crystal water, just cold, just coming and pouring down over you. And you could feel that. It was just amazing. And you weren't worried about going anywhere because somebody had a hold of your hand. It was just incredible. Can I say that your life revolves around trying to put yourself under the waterfall of God's greatest blessing? When you serve, you're positioning yourself for the greatest benefit that God has for you, which is mainly more of himself, more of, of life to the fullest, more of God's joy beyond anything you could imagine. It's amazing what happens when we live a life of service, that it becomes a lifestyle and we dedicate it to God for his glory and to bless the people around us. I wanna challenge us today to dedicate ourselves to this. Not just one shot, I'm gonna find that one particular spot, but I'm just gonna live a life of service. Just like breathing. God has given me the breath 
And as I breathe it out, I'm going to dedicate it to him and to his glory. So we're going to start that right here, right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to begin to serve God through our worship this morning. We're going to get the first one straight because there's a reason for this order. If we don't get the first one right, we can't do the second and the third. Trust me, right? Some of the people that work, it's hard to serve them unless you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. When you have a close connection with God, he gives you the strength and everything that you need, the grace to be able to serve the people around you. So let's get the first ones right and then we'll serve in and then we'll go out to serve the community out. So would you stand with us as we begin our worship this morning?